800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. From the capital city, I'm Jazz Garrett. These are the stories we are following this hour. Five are now confirmed dead in the Wrangell landslide with one person still missing. Every year, the city and borough of Juneau asks city departments and the public, including businesses and the visitor industry, for project proposals to be funded with marine passenger fee proceeds, and the Jack is gearing up for a gallery walk tonight. First, an update on Wrangell's November 20th landslide. At 4.25 p.m. last night, the body of Otto Floorschutz was located and recovered from the landslide debris with the assistance of Wrangell Search and Rescue Canine, Wrangell Search and Rescue Volunteers, and an excavator. Next of kin and the State Medical Examiner's Office have been notified. 12-year-old Derek Heller is still missing. Search and Rescue Volunteers and Ascent Detection Canine Team continue with reactive searching as any new information or evidence leads to a specific search area. On Monday, a public project proposal period will open for ideas on how to use the city and borough of Juno's marine passenger fee proceeds. In 1999, Juno voters passed a proposition that assigned a tax of $5 per cruise ship passenger. Juno's tourism manager, Alexandra Paris, goes into more detail on what they used the marine passenger fees for. We have used it to do things like build seawalks and make improvements downtown, make improvements to Statter Harbor. So anything that is related to the visitor industry, this money is available. We ask for the public to submit comments in December every year. Comments are due on January 3rd. What I mean by comments are um, recommendations for things that the city could use marine passenger fees for. You know, we've had recommendations from the public that have been successful for things like signage um, that people want to see or better services downtown. We use it to fund the crossing guard program, things like that. The tourism manager then develops a draft recommendation list of projects to be funded by marine passenger fee proceeds. This means that this public project proposal period will be followed by a public comment period. We take all the information compiled, city departments and community organizations submit their requests as well, and we come up with a passenger fee budget. Then that will go before the assembly, before an assembly committee, probably sometime in February, and then we will put that passenger fee budget out for public comment again so people can review what we've recommended and make suggestions. And then after that, passenger fees go through the regular city budget process with the final budget being approved on June 15th. She says that draft recommendation will include improvements to the Seawalk downtown and Marine Park. She adds they'll also be using the fees in order to provide additional capital transit bus services. We are putting money towards Visitor Circulator to help kind of distribute people throughout downtown with a, with a bus circulator service. We're also giving more money to Capital Transit in order to help supplement the bus system, recognizing that a lot of visitors are using public transit to go to the glacier. And unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about restricting visitors from using public transit. It's public transit. It's available to everybody legally, but we can try to supplement our transit service so that we have more buses on the road, more drivers. 
Every year, they also find best management practices program, visitor information services, handling visitor loads, and the beautiful flowers downtown. Here's how to reach out by January 3rd. We always say if you build things that are nice for residents, then visitors will enjoy them. If you build them for visitors, then nobody's really going to be interested. So if people have ideas for things that can make their community better and more attractive, I really encourage them to send me an email at alexandra.pierce at juno.gov. Gallery Walk is tonight for December's first Friday. The Juno Arts and Culture Center has an event kicking off at 4 p.m., Three artists, Rochelle Bonnet, Jim Human, and Grace Corrigan came into Capital Chat to talk about Juno Inc., a local printmaker's show. Bonnet says it's the Jack's featured exhibit for December. The exhibit includes work by 10 printmakers from Juno, and um, it'll be up through the month. So if you can't stop by tonight to see it, you can come by the Jack anytime we're open and you can check out the exhibit through the month. Human says it's a traditional art print show. But uh, we're excited about it. We have everything from relief prints, etchings, uh, sinotypes, um, silk screens. And so we really are seeing a wide variety of pieces. And uh, with print shows, uh, prints are typically smaller than paintings, right. right? And that's why we can get more than 60 pieces in the studio. Coming up, Eagle Crest is preparing for their upcoming season. That story next with Jordan Lewis when News of the North continues. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. General Manager of the Eagle Crest Ski Area, Dave Scanlon, was the speaker at the Juno Chamber of Commerce's luncheon yesterday. Eagle Crest is focusing on attracting out-of-towners this winter. New for this year, we're really excited um, to be partnering with Cali's Concierge and Travel Juno to offer some ski and stay packages this year to further incentivize and make it affordable for folks to come ski with us in the wintertime and uh, have a good experience. So we're going to be partnering with Four Points, Baranoff Hotel, and the Ramada this year on those ski and stay packages. So pretty excited to be continuing to forge that partnership and making it uh, more affordable for people to come see us from outside of town. In an effort to address the labor shortage, Eagle Crest is also welcoming back foreign student workers tonight. Thankfully, we have a great program going to welcome back some J-1 student uh, visa workers. It's been probably about 10 years since we've done that, Eagle Crest, way back to the Kirk Duncan era. Um, so we're very excited. We're going to have some foreign workers from Peru, Brazil, and Costa Rica. Right now, we're up to 22 of those workers that are going to come in to help us provide the backbone of our winter uh, employment. So very excited to have some more flexibility, have a partnership with UAS using some empty rooms in their Banfield dorm to house our uh, student workers. First ones arriving on Friday night with some more coming on Sunday. So really excited for them to be here. Excited for you all to get to meet them. They're very excited to be here and get to experience life in Alaska. Scanlon also talked more on their gondola project. Why did we even start going down this road? And it's all about uh, the sustainability of Eagle Crest, both from a climate sustainability and financial sustainability standpoint. So as we have warm winter weather, the gondola is going to give us a lot of ability to not be so reliant on all of our revenue coming in the winter season, but being able to round out and generate revenue all year long with all of the infrastructure that we have around the mountain and the ability to also ride that gondola back down when it's warm out. 
He thanks their partners for the project. So huge thanks to the City Assembly, uh, Mayor Weldon making this possible with the funding for the initial purchase of $2 million and huge thank you to McHugh and Goldbelt for seeing an opportunity to partner with us and providing $10 million in the development capital. So. We couldn't be more thrilled and can't envision a better partner than Gold Belt. They're here for the long haul, just like CPJ. So we see this as just a huge opportunity to collaborate together on uh, so many fronts. Eagle Crest opening day is tentatively set for December 9th, dependent on snowfall. They continue to make snow when they can and watch the forecast closely. And the Juno Chamber of Commerce joined Action Line earlier this week and talked about their recent move to Vintage Park and preparing for the upcoming legislative session. Executive Director Maggie McMillan and Board Member Ben Brown say they are settling into their new headquarters. We are still missing furniture pieces, but we're almost, almost all whole again. And the new office is gorgeous and it's set up to fit our staff really well. There's a place for everyone, um, which is Great, we all have our own separate working spaces, which means we can be more productive and work on our goals for our members. And there's ample parking, and of course, it's really kind of a revitalized part of town with the new search campus going in out there. Vantage Park is a hopping place to be, and so we're very excited to be part of that that kind of revivified part of the community. The most exciting thing that's happening in Vintage Park right now is the food trucks. They also thanked Huda Totem for their time spent there. The chamber will also be hosting its 40th legislative welcome reception in January. So if you've never been, it is about 700 people who come and go throughout an evening. This year it's going to be on January 16th at Centennial Hall. Um, each person in the community is welcome to attend, and there's food and um, non-alcoholic beverages, and you can come and you can meet the legislature. You have an opportunity to talk to Andy Story or Jesse Keel if you're local, or maybe you want to meet someone from Fairbanks. I don't know. But you have the opportunity to do that there. We have to fundraise to make this event happen, right? It's a 700-person event, so it's, it's, a, it's a big fundraise effort. On top of the financial fundraising we do, we also give every single legislature a gift bag from the community. The gift bags come from 60-plus businesses donating. Brown says the reception is all about setting an example as the capital. And to, and to dial it back a little bit, that's what the Alaska Committee exists for, to make sure that uh, Juneau is the best possible capital city that we can be so that people want us to remain the capital city. It's not a foregone conclusion. It's a privilege and an honor, uh, but it's not in the Constitution. It's in statute, if you didn't know that. And so we want to make sure that no one has any interest in us not being the capital for the remainder of time. We do it really well. You know, that's easy to think if you're here in Juneau, but if people who come to visit us from around the state, they go through a lot of trouble to get here. And we want to make sure that their time here is comfortable, that they feel welcome, that they have a place to live, that they have recreational opportunities. And these gift baskets showcase all that's the best about Juneau. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. For continuous updates, visit our website, knyradio.com.